You're listening to Tea with Tolkien, a podcast for the Hobbit at heart. Episode 7, Squad Goals, Friendship in Middle-Earth. Hey everybody, I hope you're having a wonderful Tuesday, and I'm so excited that you're here having a cup of tea with me. Um, last week's episode was kind of heavy. We talked about grief and eucatastrophe and the way that joy and sorrow are mingled together, both in the Lord of the Rings and in Christianity. Today I wanted to talk about something a little bit happier, friendship. Um, when we think of friendship, I don't know if it's just me, but I always think of like My Little Pony, friendship is magic, and it's kind of for children, and it's just kind of like silly, but one thing I love about Tolkien is how he is just unashamed to throw in all of this friendship Friendship is actually, like, probably one of the most important themes in The Lord of the Rings. Um, So I wanted to talk with you guys about it for a bit today. It's something that carries through the whole story in a lot of different ways. Something we could probably spend hours talking about if we had the time. But we find it most particularly in the first part of the story. The Fellowship of the Ring. I mean, uh... Like, it's called the Fellowship of the Ring, so obviously it's going to be about fellowship, friendship in particular. Does that make sense? (laughs) So Tolkien takes so much care, spending so much time laying a foundation of friendship within the Fellowship of the Ring. He's forming new friendships, just like we see with Legolas and Gimli, as well as strengthening the existing ones, like we see with Frodo and Sam, as well as the other hobbits. This is a lot like how Tolkien puts so much detail into introducing the Shire and the Hobbit way of life in the beginning of the story, so that we can better understand exactly what it is that Frodo's leaving behind. So, Tolkien emphasizes friendship in the Fellowship of the Ring because he wants us to become familiar with these friendships and begin to understand them, how they work, and their importance before they are tested in the pages to come. I wanted to read this quote from Book 2, Chapter 3, The Ring Goes South. So, after the Council of Elrond, Elrond is selecting the members of the Fellowship. He chose the number 9 to match the 9 Black Riders, and he's got 7 of them decided, and he's considering sending along 2 Elf Lords to complete the number. Pippin is upset at the idea of being left behind and uh, told to return to the Shire, and he says he wants to go with Frodo. Elrond replies, kind of brushing him off, that this is only because he doesn't understand the danger. Um, But then Gandalf unexpectedly supports Pippin. He says, Neither does Frodo, nor do any of us see clearly. It is true that if these hobbits understood the danger, they would not dare to go. But they would still wish to go, or wish that they dared, and be shamed and unhappy. I think, Elrond, that in this matter it would be well to trust rather to their friendship than to great wisdom. Even if you chose for us an elf lord such as Glorfindel, he could not storm the dark tower, nor open the road to the fire by the power that is in him. This quote from Gandalf pretty much sums up the whole role of friendship in The Lord of the Rings. Trusting in friendship rather than strength and wisdom and all that, um, I think is kind of central to the whole idea of 
the hobbits, you know? So there are so many different friendships that we see in the Lord of the Rings, and I thought I could take like just like two minutes to talk to you about some of my favorites. We've got, first of all, Frodo and Sam. They are the self-sacrificial kind of friendship. There's this dynamic within their friendship where Sam recognizes Frodo's great need, and he gives of himself wholly to help carry, both figuratively and literally at times, Frodo through his journey. I think we might look at their friendship and feel as though it's pretty imbalanced, and that's because it is, but we also need to remember that Sam's intense self-sacrifice for Frodo's sake only lasted for a short season. It was actually really only about six months from when Frodo and Sam left Bag End to when the ring was destroyed. There may be times in our life when someone we know and love will need us in this kind of way. Maybe they're going through some kind of loss or a transition, maybe they're struggling with depression, or maybe they're fighting an addiction. And having Sam as a representation of this kind of availability, humility, and just willingness to pour out yourself for the sake of another, I think this is very encouraging. Next up, we have Mary and Pippin. They're your classic example of just your regular old best friends. They're always looking out for each other. They're on equal terms. They don't really have that like servant master type of dynamic like Frodo and Sam. They have a lot of fun together, but they've also been through a lot and it's really bonded them. We also have Aragorn and Gandalf. Their friendship is, well, really Gandalf's friendship with anyone is basically like a mentor style of relationship. Gandalf just pretty much knows more than anyone and he is here to help everyone out. There's a lot of respect given to Gandalf by those he guides, and he in turn leads them with a lot of care, always directed towards what he sees as best for them. We also have Fatty Bulger, which if you haven't actually read the books, you have no idea who this is, so that's just another reason you should read the books. But we often overlook Fatty because he wasn't willing to go on with Frodo, Fun fact, his name's actually Fredegar Bulger, and his nickname is Fatty. Like, what a bummer of a nickname to get. I'm so glad. That's not my nickname. Okay, so he wasn't willing to go with Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin along through the old forest. He was pretty freaked out, and he was just basically like, nope, I'm not going. Um, you guys can go, but I'm not. But I really appreciate him a lot, to be honest, because he serves as a reminder that not all of your friends have to be your best friends to be good friends. You don't have to be willing to die for everyone, and you don't have to follow everyone into Mordor. Sometimes you can just be happy acquaintances with someone, and that's fine. Legolas and Gimli are the last kind of pair that I wanted to talk about. Their friendship is probably the most unique within the story, as it marks the end of the long-standing hatred and distrust between the dwarves and elves, which is referred to many times throughout the books, especially in The Fellowship of the Ring. However, Legolas and Gimli form a fast friendship within The Fellowship of the Ring that carries through until the very end of the story, actually even past the end of the story. So if you flip to your appendix in the very back of The Return of the King, you'll see in Appendix A that the friendship between the two continued on even after the fellowship was ended. After the death of King Alessar, which is Aragorn, 
Legolas and Gimli sailed over the sea. Gimli is actually the only dwarf who was allowed to, and both desired to, go to Amman. And in letter 154, Tolkien calls him friend of Legolas and servant of Galadriel. So I wanted to read the last paragraph of Appendix A. We have heard tell that Legolas took Gimli, Glowin's son, with him because of their great friendship, greater than any that has been between elf and dwarf. If this is true, then it is strange indeed, that a dwarf should be willing to leave Middle-earth for any love, or that the Eldar should receive him, or that the lords of the West should permit it. I love how scandalized uh, the, the narrator is. But it is said that Gimli went also out of desire to see again the beauty of Galadriel, and that it may be that she, being mighty among the Eldar, obtained this grace for him. More cannot be said of this matter. So after looking at these different forms of friendship in The Lord of the Rings, what stood out to you, if anything? And what does it even mean to be a friend or to have one? <laughs> That's kind of sad that I'm just like sitting here recording this, asking, what does it mean to have a friend? Are you guys my friends? <laughs> okay, we are so disconnected and lonely that a lot of the times we don't even know what it means or what it might look like to be a friend or to have a friend. This quote from A Conspiracy Unmasked is one of my favorites. But it does not seem that I can trust anyone, said Frodo. Sam looked at him unhappily. It all depends on what you want, put in Mary. You can trust us to stick to you through thick and thin, to the bitter end. And you can trust us to keep any secret of yours closer than you keep it yourself. But you cannot trust us to let you face trouble alone and go off without a word. We are your friends, Frodo. We are horribly afraid, but we are coming with you or following you like hounds. So, if you'll remember in this chapter... This is when Frodo was basically trying to uh, duck out and ditch everyone and just go to Mordor by himself, but turns out that Sam, Merry, and Pippin knew about it all along and they've been planning for how they were going to help him. So not only are they willing to follow him into deadly peril, they've spent months preparing to do so. And although Frodo is at first uncomfortable with accepting the help offered, in doing so, he is actually honoring the bond of their friendship by trusting that they can truly actually help him. This kind of true friendship requires trust, vulnerability, and dedication from everyone involved. Um, about two years ago, when our Tea with Tolkien community was first reading The Lord of the Rings, a lot of people mentioned when we read this chapter that they had never experienced a friendship of this depth. And that's very sad, but it's not uncommon. And I think it's kind of basically up to us to figure this out and make sure that it becomes less common because that's depressing and we're here to have friends. So if you want to make a friend, you really can't just like sit around and wait for a friend to magically appear. You need to reach out and become uncomfortable and find someone who also needs a friend. Along the same lines, if you want to strengthen a friendship you might already have, you're going to need to be intentional about making time for them, investing in their lives, and so on. But I think a lot of it comes down to simply being available for people. Leave room in your life for your friends. Every time I've moved, and I've moved like 13 times in the past 8 years, and have been trying to find a place for myself in whatever new community we're living in, 
it's been very difficult to make new friends because most people just don't really care. They're pretty much set. Um, In my experience, by the time people are adults and they're having kids and all that, they've found their group of friends, they've filled up their lives, everything's neat and tidy, and they simply aren't interested in adding anything new to the mix. So here's my take. Consider not doing that. (laughs) Consider leaving room for new friends, new opportunities, for new graces. I think you'd be surprised by what good would come from it, and it sure would be a lot easier for all of the new people moving to your city to make friends with you, because you never know when you're going to meet your best friend. So before we wrap this whole thing up, I just wanted to mention like some of the qualities of friendship that we see in The Lord of the Rings and challenge you to focus on doing one or two of these things this week. Friends offer and accept help when needed. Maybe you're on the side of needing help, so ask. Maybe you're available to offer help, so figure out who needs help and see if they would like some from you. They accompany one another through their struggles. They offer and accept correction and guidance. But I think what's also important is they know when to not offer advice. This is something I struggle with and I promise I'll try to stop giving you all advice. This kind of reminds me of when Caliborn does not advise the Fellowship on which path to take after they leave Lothlorien. They respect each other and the level of their friendship, meaning you don't expect Fatty Bulger to follow you to Mordor. They eat and drink together, and they invite each other into their homes, offering shelter and protection when needed, or even just regular old hospitality. And friends do a whole lot more than this, but you probably already know this anyways. And now, before we go, are you finishing your cup of tea? What are you drinking? You guys should tweet me at Tea with Tolkien and like tell me what kind of tea you're drinking while you're listening. So I just wanted to leave you with one point to ponder and chat about. We can talk about this in our Facebook group or wherever. Comparing the culture we live in to that of Hobbiton, why do you suppose our relationships are so much more disconnected than theirs? So I'll talk to you all next week, but until then, I'll be on Twitter and Instagram, but mostly Twitter, at Tea with Tolkien. You can support Tea with Tolkien on Patreon at patreon.com slash tea with Tolkien for bonus mini episodes, coloring pages, and more to come in that upcoming month. Also, I think you'll get a sticker too. Those are fun. And for all the other ways to connect, you can check out teawithtolkien.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes if you want, but you don't have to. I hope you'll all have a lovely week. It was so nice to talk to you all. Okay, bye. Thank you.